You are listening to Rabbi Arya Wolby of Torch in Houston, Texas. This is the Living Jewishly Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Living Jewishly Podcast. We are in middle of the laws of tefillin. We're going to finish the laws of tefillin today. This is part two. If one mistakenly removed the head tefillin first, he must put it aside and place the hand tefillin on first, as the Torah explicitly commands the hand tefillin before the head tefillin. So we have to know a couple of things. First is, is that ma'alin ba'kodesh ve'in moridin. We go up in holiness. We don't go down in holiness. Because the head tefillin are holier, because they have four separate compartments for tefillin, it's considered holier. Therefore, we always put the hand tefillin on first, and then the head tefillin. Also, the verse in the Torah says that you shall tie them on your hand as a sign and then place them between your eyes as a sign. So what is that? That's telling you put the hand filling on first and then put the, ha- the head filling on. But what's if you, by mistake, take the filling out of your bag and whoops, I took out the wrong one. Cover it put, it, put it aside, and then take the correct one. Always put the hand one on first. This is not the case if one takes out the tefillin before the talus. If someone puts on the tefillin, t- takes out the tefillin from the bag before the talus, then they put on the tefillin and then later put on the talus after. Nothing should separate between tefillin, head or hand, and the skin. So not any garments. There shouldn't be any uh, shirt sticking under, uh, uh, sticking in under your or a yarmulke. Sometimes I've seen people are, they're wearing their tefillin and their yarmulke is like someplace between the tefillin and the and the head, that's problematic. Or if someone has a Band-Aid. Someone has a Band-Aid, be careful not to have any type of barrier between the tefillin and the skin. Lots of hair and large bangs could constitute a separation, and one should use caution. So if someone has a lot of hair, right, and then they put their tefillin on top of it, it might not even be on the head. It might be so far removed because of all that here. So one should use caution for that. One should be careful that the knot on the hand fillin always be near the heart. They should always be connected to the bayit, even when they're in the bag. So just for our demonstration here, the hand to fillin have a knot on the side of the box. Okay. I'm going to show this here so our friends online can see this as well. So if you see, there is a knot over here. And this knot that is attached to the box, it's not attached, but it's, it's, it's touching the box. It should always be touching the box. And, in fact, this tefillin is done, done properly, is that it has an extra sinew here, a little string, which is actually a sinew from the animal that this tefillin are made from. And it is tied to hold it together, to hold the knot always to be touching the box. Okay? The kesher should always be touching the bias. The knot should always be touching the... the. This, even when you wrap it up and put it back in the bag, you should ensure that it stays connected at all times. Now, it should also always be near the heart. So this is a lefty tefillin. So therefore, it would be placed on the right arm. The knot is closest to the heart. But on a righty tefillin, it would be the reverse. You would put the tefillin here on our arm, and the knot would be on this side. 
closest to the heart. The knot should always be near the heart. Halacha number 30. So this is the ma'avarta we said. This is like the bridge where the, where the strap goes through. It's called the ma'avarta, the passage way. The ma'avarta, the passage part, should always be on the upper part of the bias and the bias on the bottom. So what does that mean? So how does the tefillin go onto the arm? Does it go like this or does it go like this? So the passage is always on the upper part of the arm and the bias on the lower part of the arm. So this would be placed properly like this on the arm. Now, again, this demonstration is incomplete because I'm wearing a jacket. Underneath the jacket, I'm wearing a shirt. All of that needs to be removed because the tefillin have to actually be on the flesh, on the skin. So for those of you online, don't worry. We do it properly. If no other option is available, like on a borrowed lefty pier, so if someone comes in, he doesn't have their tefillin, they left it uh, in New York, and now they're here in Houston, they got to put on tefillin, they don't want to miss a day of, of, of wearing tefillin, so they borrow a pair of tefillin from the torch center, and the only one they can find is a lefty. But they're a righty, so what are they going to do? Then the yud towards the heart takes the highest order, and they, even though it's going to be backwards and the, the passage part is going to be in the lower part, still the most important thing is that the, the yud be next to the heart. One should not talk or interrupt between putting on the head fillin, the hand to fillin, and the head fillin, not even with an eye or finger. Even Kaddish or Kedusha should not interrupt between head and hand to fillin. Not even. Amen for someone else's blessing for tefillin is allowed because it's part of your mitzvah of putting on tefillin. So let me explain. When someone takes out the tefillin, as soon as they put it on their hand, they recite the blessing, they should not interrupt till the head tefillin are put on and the blessing is recited. No interruptions. Not even if someone comes over to you and says, oh, uh, what time is it? Ignore them. They don't exist because it's all part of one it's like two halves of a mitzvah that you're bringing together. So if you take a break in between, now you're just separated between the mitzvah. So what you want to do is never interrupt between the blessing and the completion of the mitzvah. For another example, when someone is uh, reciting a blessing for eating food, so what's the blessing and what's the mitzvah? The blessing is reciting the, the, the thank you to Hashem. The mitzvah is eating the fruit. So you're not supposed to talk between the blessing and the eating of the of the food. That doesn't mean till you're finished eating. If one did speak, they must readjust the tefillin and re-recite the blessings and retie the knots again. If the interruption was for the tefillin, it is not necessary to repeat anything. The intention upon reciting the blessing is that Hashem commanded us to wear these four portions on our arm opposite our heart and our head opposite our mind to always recall the miracles that Hashem does for us, His oneness and power over everything, and one should devote himself and his urges and thoughts to Hashem and remember to limit his physical materialistic dependencies. So this is important. Okay, so now I'm putting on my tefillin. I'm doing it properly. What, what should my thoughts be? That's what this halacha, halacha number 35 here, tells us what the intention, what the focus should be. The focus should be that I let go of everything else and connect to the Almighty. And even my physical 
things should be to the service of God. So yeah, my car should be to the service of God. My clothes should be for the service of God. Why? So I can look proper to represent God. A person should think about it. How am I committing my essence to God? Tefillin on the hand and head are two separate mitzvahs that are combined. Therefore, if only one is available or only one can be worn, both blessings should be recited on the one. So here's an example. Let's say someone comes in and they need a tefillin. There's only one pair of tefillin in the town. And that tefillin is not a pair, actually. It's only one. They only have one of them, either the head or the hand. That's it they have. Or if someone injured themselves, so if someone has a head injury, and they can't put tefillin on their head, or if someone has an arm injury, and they cannot put, for example, uh, someone has uh, a cast. I've seen people with casts from their shoulder all the way to the end of their, right? So putting on tefillin on top of a cast is not really going to do much. It's not on your arm. It's on a cast. So some of our modern-day rabbis will say that, indeed, you should still Nonetheless, put it on top of the cast. But still, a person should put what you do have, what you are able to. If let's say the person has a broken arm, they cannot. It's good. It's so painful that they can't do it. I remember when I fractured my left shoulder, so it was a it was a big miracle because it actually happened Friday afternoon. So I dove in Friday morning with my tefillin properly, and then I had till Sunday to put on my tefillin the next time because Shabbos, we don't wear tefillin. So by the time Sunday came, it was already feeling a little bit less tender and I was able to put my tefillin on, even though it was with a lot of pain, but it was still manageable. If it would have been that morning that was necessary, it would probably would have been an excruciating pain. Tefillin on the hand and head are two separate mitzvahs. Okay, a lefty does the reverse. He places the hand tefillin on the weaker which for him is the right hand uh, of what everyone else puts on the left hand because that's their weaker hand. An ambidextrous person does like a righty. Someone who's right and left are just as equally strong, then they put what a typical righty would, majority of people are righties, and places it on the hand of the weaker, the left hand. The width of each strap, so you see the straps here? The straps are... Okay, so the, the minimum width of this strap should be no less than the length of a barley kernel. So this is considerably larger width than the barley kernel. And the length of the head strap should reach the navel at the very least. So the head strap goes around the head. There's the knot. I'll show you here. So the head strap goes around the head. This would be in the back of the head. Right here's the, this would be in the front over here, okay, and then the string, the straps should be long enough to reach the belly. But if you'll notice, the right one, this is the right one, is always longer than the left one. See, the right one is longer than the left one, always longer than the left one. Why? Right is kindness. The left, right is kindness. Left is judgment. We want the right to be stronger. We want the right to be longer. Now, middle of Allah 39, the right strap should be longer and some say should reach the place of the bris and this is the proper custom. The length of the hand strap 
should be enough to circle the hand seven times and tie around the fingers. If the strap tears or rips, one should ask a BFR. BFR is a bona fide rabbi. Uh, One should be careful that the strap should be black facing out. Okay, so you see the black over here. There's the other side is the the lighter side. Uh, You should make sure that always the black is facing out. A special commandment for tefillin to be black. If one realizes that the white side was facing out, or if tefillin falls directly on the floor, one should fast and give charity. If they fell while in the bag, only give tzedakah. There's no need to fast as well. So if, God forbid, these were to fall right now on the floor, then it would be an obligation upon me to fast and give charity to compensate for that for that error. If the tefillin bag falls on the floor, then it's enough to just give charity. If one removes tefillin for the restroom, he re-recites the blessing upon returning, if at a permitted point of prayer. So if it's the middle of the Shema, you don't re-recite the blessings till after the Amidah, then you'll move the tefillin a little bit and then re-recite the blessing. One should concentrate when wearing tefillin one should not eat a meal with tefillin on and never sleep with tefillin on. Not even fall asleep in your chair. If you're falling asleep, take your tefillin off. It's number 44. One should not eat while eating. Now, it's not talking about drinking a coffee. You can drink a coffee, something which is a, t- a temporary type of eating, but a real meal, should, that's why I wrote a meal, should not eat a meal. One should touch and kiss the tefillin when mentioning them, like by Shema. Always touch the hand before the head tefillin. Why? Because we always elevate in mitzvah. Head tefillin are holier. They have four compartments. A strap of the head, because the head is holier, should not be used for the hand. If the hand strap tore near the knot, the new knot should be tied from that side. The bag also remains holy, so therefore the bag of the tefillin, like these, this bag right here, the tefillin bag that the bag is carried in, this should not be used now for a uh, lunch bag, right? Because this was used to carry tefillin. This, is, this itself has a category of holiness on it, and therefore it should not be uh, used for anything else. One shouldn't remove tefillin until after Uval Etzion or till after returning the Torah or till after Abris, depending on the case. So on a Thursday like today, the tefillin shouldn't be taken off till the Torah is returned to the Ark. Uval Etzion is the end of the prayer. So on a regular day, not Monday and Thursday where we don't take out the Torah, till after Uval Etzion, which is one of the last parts of the prayer. So till then. But if you have the Torah and the Torah is returned after Uval Etzion, then till after the Torah. And if there's a bris in the synagogue, till not after the bris. On Rosh Chodesh, the tefillin are removed before the Musaf prayer. Unwrapping the tefillin is done standing. So if someone is taking off the tefillin, they should be standing. And in the reverse of how they were done. So first remove the ties around the fingers, then remove the head tefillin with the left hand. Why? Right hand means I'm excited to do something. I do it with my right hand. Left hand is like, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to take it off. We don't want to take our tefillin off. We want to keep them on all day, but because we cannot keep a clean mind and clean body, 
Therefore, we only wear tefillin during the prayers. So as to show our dissatisfaction that we're taking off our tefillin, we take it off with our left hand, showing an unwillingness to remove them. And then remove the hand tefillin, and then the talus. The talus should be removed only after the tefillin are already off. One should not remove the tefillin before the open Torah scroll or before his rabbi. So if your rabbi, your teacher, your master, not the rabbi of the synagogue, it's not what it's referring to, but if your rabbi, your teacher, your master, who you've learned your Torah from, it's not respectful to take your tefillin off in front of them. So you go to the side room and take it off there. Something that was not mentioned in these halachas is that someone is one is supposed to put on the tefillin outside of the synagogue and walk into the synagogue with the tefillin on. Now, outside the synagogue doesn't mean in the parking lot. Outside of the synagogue means in the room outside of the actual sanctuary. So that way, when you walk into the sanctuary, you are all fully clothed with your tefillin on. One should not remove the tefillin before an open Torah scroll or before his rabbi. Number 51. It is proper to kiss the tefillin when removing and returning to the bag. So you take it out of the bag, you give him a kiss. You put him back in the bag, give him a kiss. 52. The Rosh, the head tefillin, goes on the right. Rosh, right. R-R, right. Rosh goes on the right of the bag. And the Yud, the hand tefillin, goes on the left. And one should be careful not to put the hand tefillin on top of the head tefillin. Why? Because then when you're going to take it out, the head tefillin are going to come out first. So be careful not to do that. That's why the bags that we have, they're side by side, and they're not a long bag, so you don't put one on top of the other. The talus should be placed in the bag atop the tefillin so that they are removed first. If a minion is praying, one who doesn't have tefillin should best recite Shema and Amidah with the congregation and borrow after davening and recite the Shema again with the tefillin. Tefillin should not be worn at night, period, ever. They should not be worn at night. It's a mitzvah during the day, not at night. The body must be clean, and one should not flatulate when wearing tefillin. Someone who is sick with any illness that cannot keep themselves clean should not wear tefillin. If they can keep themselves clean for just the Shema and Amidah, it is proper to wear tefillin then. A minor under the age of 13 who can keep themselves clean should wear tefillin, and the custom is that one or two months prior to the bar mitzvah, they start already practicing to put on tefillin daily. The majority custom is not to wear tefillin on Chol HaMoed. Chol HaMoed is the intermediary days of the festivals. If one's custom is to wear them, they should do so privately and without a blessing and still use caution not to interrupt between the hand and head to fill in. Tefillin should be checked twice every seven years. And Bidi Avad, which is ideally, as long as the box is properly intact, we assume that the tefillin still has a kosher status. Since wet hair and perspiration can ruin tefillin, one should use extra caution so that the tefillin not get damaged by this moisture. Tefillin are precious, and we should take extra care to keep tefillin in good shape. So, my dear friends, that concludes the laws of tefillin. Next week, we move on to the next. I think next week is going to be the laws of mezuzah. Oh, such a great question. So here, we'll finish off with this. Next is going to be the laws of mezuzah. It's an excellent question. Why are we learning the laws of tefillin when the majority of the people in the class here are women? Our sages tell us, 
that you know the offerings we why do we learn the laws of the offerings when we don't even have a temple today sages tell us that by learning the laws it's as if you fulfilled the commandment even if you don't perform it by learning it it's as if meaning that love that connection that comes between us and the almighty is being actualized through the study not through through the performance all right my dear friends thank you so much I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you and have a magnificent Shabbos.